Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow there as well. On today's episode, we are excited to welcome Chase Beckham. Now, Chase won season 19 of American Idol last year, almost to the day of the release of this episode. Since then, he has gone on to great success. But as we discovered, his love of music and his passion for chasing a career in music began way back at the age of three when he first picked up the guitar. We had a great time talking to him about his family and the events that have led him to this point in his journey. So please enjoy our conversation with Chase Beckham. So let's go back to the age of three at your grandma's and you find a guitar laying around. You've talked about that being sort of your first introduction to music. Now take me back to that time. Is there one specific vivid memory you have from that time of your life where you remember picking up that guitar and thinking about music and the power that it might have even at three years old? Yeah, I remember, uh, Pretty, pretty clearly, actually. I can remember up until right around the time I turned three. I remember my third birthday. Um, so I, I remember pretty far back. Um, I think that for me, it had to have been, I remember where, where, we, where it was, was Southgate, Los Angeles. Um, my grandmother had a house um, there that that was the house she raised my dad in. And, and all of uh, my, my aunt and uncle and, and all of the other, you know, cousins and stuff. We all had lived there at one point. Oh, okay. And, uh, my uncle had this old guitar that sat in the corner and um, real old guitar, you know, old strings on it. But I remember I used to sit and play with it. I used to pick it up and strum it and stuff. And it was, I was a little boy, so it was just like this big old guitar on me. Right, yeah. I remember being obsessed with that every time I'd go over there I'd want to play with it and um when I was a little kid you know same age three years old I was uh my grandmother walked everywhere so we were walking and we were going from the grocery store or the bank or wherever she was going that day and um I remember I fell and scraped my knee and I, I scraped my knee right outside of Southgate uh music oh really little tiny you know Mexican owned uh music store oh, okay and i went in there and uh i ended up you know i was crying and throwing a fit so to make me feel better my 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 grandmother she bought me this little tiny nylon string acoustic guitar because she knew that i was obsessed with the one at home so she got me one that i could play right and uh i took that thing home with me because i live with my mother and um i remember just never setting it down i just have been playing guitar ever since and so that guitar from your grandma's and that nylon guitar you got is do you still have either of those guitars i have the nylon string one yeah i don't know what my uncle did with this guitar but i still have mine that i got yeah nice <laughs> so do you ever like just take it out and just strum on it to sort of get that feeling that you had back then when you were three and that excitement of it i used to a lot it's in pretty rough shape right now but um you know i 
I, I don't play it as much as I'd like. I just kind of got back more into playing nylon string guitars and classical guitars. So, uh, but I mean, I'll always pick it up. I remember the first songs that I wrote on that guitar, you know, so it's, it's kind of a cool thing to own. That's awesome. And before we get into the songwriting and all of that, I wanted to ask about your papa, your grandfather. You've mentioned him along this journey. He passed a few years ago, I believe. Talk about him and what he meant for this journey and what he meant for you just becoming the man you are. Yeah, uh, well, I'll try. I have a hard time talking about him. Uh, okay, yeah, do, do uh, what you can. Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, it just it, to this day, just hearing hearing about him brings tears to my eyes. But um, yeah, he was he was everything uh, to me growing up. I think that's about as plain as I could put it. Um, I learned a lot of things about life that I never learned in school from him. And uh, man, I miss him. You know, he uh, he was like a dad to me growing up, and. He always uh, taught me hard lessons the hard way. And I, as an adult now, I appreciate it so much. You know, um, everybody thought back in the day that he was mean. I just never thought he was mean. I just thought he was, that was my papa. So, right. uh, you know, I, I admired that about him. He was very blunt, very honest. And he'd tell you what was on his mind, but he was one of the hardest working people I'd ever met in my life. He worked until about the day that he died. Wow. Um, they're still building houses in his name. So uh, he taught me how to, how to fish. He taught me how to, how to build a house. He taught me how to, you know, hunt and how to do just about everything that you would ever want to learn from your grandpa, you know? And also he was my boss. He was one of my best friends. Um, he, he grew up on a cotton farm in Oklahoma with 16 brothers and sisters. And oh, wow. So whenever he grew up, he'd, you know, tell me about how he'd, go to school, they'd ride the bus and then they get off the bus at the bus stop, walk a few miles home and um, go out in the field and pick cotton and watermelons. And that's how they grew up every day wow. until the day he graduated. That's what they did. And, um, you know, he'd take me to those places and show them to me. And I guess it's for me, I, I have a lot of respect for my family and where they come from and, and the hard work and the, you know, I, I really, I really do look back and see what, were the places that they lived and, you know, they didn't have nothing back then. And, you know, I think he would be over, over the moon if he got to see, you know, where one of his grandkids, you know, got to end up. So. Wow. And that hard work that he had within this music career, the hard work that you have to put in, do you think you would be where you are today if that hard work wasn't instilled within you from him? No, I don't think so. Cause I didn't learn it anywhere else. You know, I, I, I learned it from him and um, I had a I had a troubled childhood growing up and, uh, you know, getting getting to experience time with him and, and live with him, you know, for months at a time at some 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 points and, and work with him and build with him. I was always trying to impress him. So uh, if I, I never we had other cousins and other people who had come come work for Papa and Whenever they'd come out, you know, they'd leave and Pop would say, oh, he's a lazy ass and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I remember as a kid, I'd tell myself, he'll never talk about me like that, ever, you know. And I instilled that in my mind that he would never have nothing bad to say about me whenever I walked out of the room. And he never told me any, anything, but everybody would tell me about whenever I'd be gone or whenever I'd leave, he would just 
be talking about, you know, how, oh, well, Chasey did this and Chasey did that today. And, you know, I told Chasey to do this and he went and did the whole thing. And, you know, I was always trying to shoot and overachieve so I could impress him. And he never once gave me any gratification of saying like, hey, good job, bud. But he would tell everybody else about it. And I knew that. So it was, uh, you know, I, I took a lot of pride in that. And I think that I, I carry that into, you know, I carried that into every job that I did. I worked my, my butt off and, um, you know, worked hard. And I kind of, it's, it's that cowboy code of handshake and you say you're going to do something, you do it, you know. And I, I grew up on that and, and I believe in it. And I respect people who, who do that too, you know, so hard work and, and being honest and true to your word. I think those are some of the biggest things I learned from him. And, uh, and I, I have my love for the country and country music and everything because of, because of that man. So. That's awesome. And let's talk about that love of country music, because really it's not something that you showcased until sort of American Idol. We didn't really know that side of you. And so when you were growing up, was it a lot of country music influence or was there a lot of influences coming from all genres growing up? So when I was a kid, um, you know, my my family had just moved from Oklahoma into California and my mom and my dad had me, I think maybe a year or two after that. And back then in the high desert, um, that was a place where a lot of old folks went out to retire. And oh, OK because you get a little bit of land out there and a little bit of space and there's not a lot of neighbors. It's not like that anymore. There's a lot of people there. Right. Um, but whenever I was a baby, it was very spread out. There wasn't a lot of stuff happening in the high desert. So my grandparents, they lived up there because my papa, he worked for uh, Mortensen company and he was out contracting jobs in California. So they up and moved from Oklahoma to California so he could work. And, um, my mom met my dad, whatever, you know, and then she, they had my sister, they had me, but um, stuff happened, you know, and it, it was mostly my mom and, and my sister and my grandparents and I growing up, my dad didn't like leave, leave, but he just was out of the picture for some of it, you know, and right. it was my mom kind of raising us with my grandparents. And um, I mean, back then, everybody that I knew was from Oklahoma, you know, my, all my uncles, my cousins, my aunts, my grandparents, my mama. Um, everybody was real they had real thick accents and uh, <laughs> talked real funny to other people and oh, okay I, I grew up talking like that and then I'd go to school and people would be like you talk funny why do you talk like that and, <laughs> right you know, and I, I have always kind of struggled with that I go different places and then you kind of change your dialect depending on if you're in California or if I'm in Oklahoma or if I'm down by Mexico it's like you know I grew up with my dad was Hispanic my grandmother's from Mexico so I grew up around a lot of that stuff so I'm familiar with it too right and, um, it's easy for me to kind of fit into wherever I'm at because I've lived, like I always say, I've lived so many lives in my, in my short life that I've had, I've lived so many little ones. Yeah. But, you know, growing up with these Okies, it was, uh, it was just country music and bluegrass. That was all we listened to. My grandma used to smoke cigarettes in the truck with the window cracked about that much. And she'd drive around and listen to country music and bluegrass. And I remember being in the back seat in my car seat and she'd go, uh, my grandma, was somewhat of a hoarder she liked to pick up junk off the side of the road and throw it in the back of her truck and take it home <laughs> so, okay <laughs> so she did stuff like that all the time and i we'd go fishing and i remember grandma would always be smoked my grandma chain smoked up and almost up until she died oh I wow I, I still love the smell of of a car that's been smoked in oh really it reminds me of being a kid and getting in my grandma's truck and my papa's truck and you know, she'd have that window cracked about that much and she'd be in there smoking her cigarettes and drinking her tea, big old thing of tea. 
and um, listening to country music. And I remember driving around in California out there in the desert, a lot of dirt roads, stuff like that. And I remember, uh, you know, driving around and picking through junk and smelling like a cigarette and listening to, you know, all the country music that was on the radio back then. My grandpa loved George Jones. So it was a lot of George Jones going on when I was a kid. That's awesome. And you picked up the guitar early. Now with the singing back then driving around in the truck, did you start singing along back then? I heard you say that off the beginning when you did start singing, it wasn't necessarily the sweetest thing to listen to. No, uh, when I started singing, it wasn't good. It was pretty rough. And I, <laughs> I, still, I beat myself up quite a bit because I don't think that I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm all that great. <laughs> but that's, uh, <laughs> you have millions you know, of people who say otherwise, though. So but that, that's me, you know, and uh, I, I've never had a whole lot of confidence in my voice. My grandmama, she sang real good. My mama, she could sing really well, too. Um, but my grandma, she would, uh, you know, she would sing sitting in her rocking chair on the porch and she'd sing these old hymns and country songs and stuff. And every now and then my mom and my grandma would sing one. Day. And oh, okay. it would be really really something special but it was i think i've heard him do it twice oh wow uh, my mom does not like to sing oh okay um, so she wouldn't but i when i was a kid i knew my mom could sing because she would sing to me you know and i i always thought it was pretty and um so i knew my mom could sing and my grandma could sing and uh, but i couldn't sing <laughs> so <laughs> but she used to brag on me i'd play guitar and my grandma she used to brag on me and when we do big dinners or family reunions or thanksgiving or easter She'd make me pull out my guitar and play something for everybody. And I didn't sing nothing. I just play. Oh, okay. That was, most of the time when I was younger, I never was uh, never was singing for anybody or nothing like that. But I, they would make me play my guitar for an audience. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I heard you talk about your sister kind of uh, ragging on you that your voice was not that great. But when did you start to come into your own? Like, do you remember a point where someone said, wow, you sound good? I think it was a point where I kind of told myself that where oh, I was okay. like, oh, I can actually kind of, that didn't sound I'm like, I, I don't think that sounded bad. I was like, I think that that was okay. And uh, I remember, I remember what song it was, which is actually kind of random because I started off my musical career as a, as an adult in, in reggae music. Yeah. Something that I, I still, to this day, I have a huge passion for uh, reggae music and, and where it comes from and what it's about and a lot of people don't realize back in the day whenever they made reggae music that they were just covering old country songs oh really yeah and they were and they were singing these old songs and they would do them in the reggae style and they play them on the radio in jamaica you oh, know? okay but a lot of that influence they were taking great american songs and covering them and they were, they were playing them in the dance halls in jamaica and wow. so there's all these covers of all these great you know songs country songs american songs that are uh, in the fashion of reggae so I fell in love with that kind of stuff whenever I was in high school and uh, that was my first band, you know? So, uh, but initially before I did that, I think I remember what I was singing in my truck and it was, you look so good in love by George Strait. And I was like, I could sing it note for note with them. And I was like, hell chase, you're not that bad. Like that didn't sound bad, you know? And I was just like, maybe we, maybe we could give this a go. And um, so I started a backyard band with my buddies. I lived in a town called Glendora at the time. And, there was this street and it's funny because it's right off the street that I, that I, I lived at with my dad whenever I lived in Lagora. Um, but my dad kicked me out for the final time. And um, I, I moved in this house with all my buddies and it was, I kid you not, just about a mile up the street, like from where my dad's really? house. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but we would party up there, man, and we would throw these big old ragers. They're all in college, and I wasn't in college. I just went to work and I played my guitar, and I didn't. I was kind of bum. I didn't have much going on for me at the time. Right. But, okay. Uh, you know, I lived in I lived in this back house, and me and all my it was about an acre, which was kind of unheard of up there, especially you know this town's maybe about forty minutes outside of L.A. So not a lot of people have a lot of space. You know, most of the houses right. are on top of each other. But this place that my buddies were running it sat on about an acre which was cool because we all loved it and we'd have these big parties and invite all of our friends and they'd fill up the whole acre and so well one day we're sitting in the living room and we're all drinking and you know partying and stuff and having fun and i just moved in and uh i had my drums because i grew up playing drums and guitar oh, okay and bass and all that stuff and so oh, i'm okay. fascinated with all, all instruments so when I moved into the house, I brought all my stuff and I had drums and microphones and uh, amps and stuff and stuff that I played with. And uh, one of my buddies goes, hey, man, because we used to jam in high school. He played drums. He goes, hey, man, let's set all this stuff up and let's let's play. And I was like, you know, we had a bunch of people at the house and I was just like, OK, whatever. Cool. So we set up the drums and microphone and guitar and we started teasing around chanting songs that weren't song like we we're just making stuff up and right and okay along and we're having fun doing it and the next day he comes over and he goes hey you want to play because we had it all still set up and so we yeah. just start you know messing around and then before you know it it kind of turned into uh, us playing all the time and that was our thing we started throwing these parties in the backyard and we'd invite other bands to come and play with us. And then we'd put on these big old shows in the backyard up there and we would tell all of our neighbors and we'd say, Hey, y'all, we're throwing a big show tonight. So it would just please don't call the cops on us and everything. Right. And we did it two, three times and never had the cops called on us. And I kid you not, there's probably about three, 400 kids in that backyard. Wow. Back there. And we're all playing on this makeshift stage that we made with, you know, horrible sound equipment, horrible microphones and cheap guitars and drums. But we we did it and then that turned into five years of doing that you know playing backyard shows and bars and stuff like that and um at that point i started singing a lot because we didn't have a singer right. <laughs> someone to sing yeah and I, had always, I had always written songs so i started writing songs and and you know bringing them to the table with everybody and everybody was kind of like okay cool yeah we don't got no complaints and so we just started singing my songs and then it turned into this thing you know where i was writing recording music and pursued it for a while but that was i guess the point in time whenever i realized that i could maybe have a career singing and playing guitar and writing songs right um, yeah and before we jump ahead too far before that experience like you mentioned growing up loving music and playing the drums and bass and guitar and i think you mentioned maybe in high school doing a little jamming but before you formed that band which was the sinking sailors for all our listen listeners who want to go back and listen to it um before starting that band, did you have any want to go into music during high school? Did you want to start a band? Did you want to get into music? Yeah, I was, I was since a, from a young age, that was my problem. Like I said, I couldn't sing till I was like 19 or I didn't figure it out. Um, I guess if you listen to the way that I sing, you could imagine how it wouldn't work if I was like eight or nine or 10 years old. <laughs> right. My voice is very, you know, I, gravelly and stuff like that so i don't think i just didn't have my voice whenever right I was little, you know but yeah. i always wanted to be uh, a big star like uh, i love johnny cash and that was one of my biggest influences growing up was I, I watched and read and seen everything there is to see on johnny and i was obsessed with him when i was a little kid i read his autobiography whenever i was 12 years old 
um, you know, and have always studied him and watched the way that he would play and the way he would perform and how he played his guitar. You know, I just I was fascinated by him. So whenever I was a kid, I wanted that so bad, but I just didn't know how it was ever going to happen because I couldn't sing. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's what people say. Oh, did you ever want to be on American Idol? And I was like, well, of course I did, but I never thought in a million years I would have because I couldn't sing for the life of me. <laughs> I was like, well, that would be cool, but I never thought it would ever you know, come, come to reality. Right. And so as the sinking sailors went along and got bigger and you began to record music and release EPs coming into 2020, where was your headspace? Was that a band that you guys were focused on taking somewhat where, or even when things started to sort of disband during 2020, was it still just a good time band that you were doing to have fun with? Well, it was never really a good time band after the house parties. Oh, okay. We all started taking it pretty seriously. Oh, okay. After we had a few good shows and we really liked some of the songs that we were singing. And uh, I think we all kind of took it pretty seriously and, and put some effort into it. And um, stuff happens. You know, we were all best friends growing up in high school because that's where I went to high school was in Glendora. And um we were all good friends growing up. And I think as some stuff comes to fruit, it makes those friendships a little more sour. And, you know, it's a little bit harder to, you know, get, get through some of those things when all these people are your best friends, you know, and it's right. You know, yeah. Hurt anybody's feelings or step on anybody's toes, but you know, stuff started going sideways for us. And back then, man, I was, a, I was just, a, I could put down alcohol like nobody else. And, um, I still can, but I don't. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, it. It was. It was a crazy time for us, especially. I think I was going through some stuff mentally and and emotionally, and I was drinking all the time. And some of the guys wouldn't show up for a gig or whatever. And stuff started to happen to where it started to fall apart. And then COVID. Right. So when COVID happened, um, it kind of it was it was hard because we had a lot of guys that had moved in and out of the band, and then we we finally got this group together that we felt like was really great and the songs were great and they sounded great. And uh, we had these shows booked like three or four shows for the month or something. But for us, that was a, a good deal. Yeah. And, um, and COVID happened and they all got canceled. And oh, okay. Any of those shows and we didn't get to play any of our new music and um, it kind of just disappeared. Right. That. And we still played me and my buddies and stuff. We'd still get together and play. But at that time, I was, uh, like I said, I was going through a lot and I started leaning into country music. And I remember with the Sinking Sailors, there was a time when some of the songs I was bringing to the table weren't the reggae songs that they were used to playing. I wanted to play some other songs that weren't reggae. And I was writing these other songs like 23 right, that, yeah. uh, that I couldn't really bring to them and make work. And um, I started finding myself in this disposition where it was like, I don't think this is the kind of music that I'm supposed to make you know, and, um, and I actually talked to my drummer, who's my best friend since we were 12 years old. Um, I talked to him the other day. Now he's married and having a baby, and you know, all this stuff, but awesome. man, isn't this crazy, you know? And he goes, yeah, man, he goes, uh, you just, you never really were cut out to sing that reggae music. <laughs> like, he, said, you were, he said, you're supposed to do what you're doing now. And it's cool for them to recognize that because, you know, we, we tried to find ourselves. And I think that, as a person, I tried to find myself so many times in so many different genres of music until uh, I, I just got back to who I was. Right. Sense. And yeah. then that's where I was like, 
okay, this is what I'm, this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, you know, it was, it was fun doing it with them. And those are memories. Those were some of the best years of my life, you know, running around playing shows with them, being an animal, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, uh, I definitely look back on that and everybody's like reggae really. And I was like, yeah, you know, but I loved it, but I definitely, we didn't sound like anybody else. That was for sure. You know, yeah, definitely. Playing reggae sounded a little different than us. And like I said, I started writing some other kind of music and that's what really pushed me into going back to country was um, the songs I was writing. They just weren't working. Right. And now I think it was sort of in later 2020 that you started to post your music on social media and get more into sharing who you were as a solo artist. But take me through the beginning of 2020 as the band is starting to dissolve. Take me through your headspace because you've talked about the fact that you were in a low point in your life, but I want to dive into it. And where were you personally throughout the beginning of 2020 and through the middle of it? Yeah, that was a bad year. Um, that was a really bad year. Uh, right before 2020, Papa died. And- oh, okay. And I, I, I had a really hard time with that um, for a long, like, I, I mean, obviously I still do. Um, but back then that was something that hit me like a brick wall, you know, and uh, I just, um, I spiraled after he died just so bad, you know, um, made so many mistakes and just did a lot of bad stuff and it was mentally for me it was a it was just a rough start in going into a new year and um you know with the stuff with covid and um, everything going on and not being able to go play my shows uh it it, it kind of took the wind out of my sails a bit you know just to be just to be uh really not feeling good not feeling happy about the way that things were going and um, at the time, I was in a relationship with my girlfriend at the time. We were together for seven years. And um, we lived together. She's my sweetheart since I was 17 years old. And oh, wow. Lived together for quite a while. And we'd bounced around following jobs and wherever we could afford to pay rent. And um, I remember we just moved to Huntington Beach in January because she had a job at Newport Beach. And uh, I worked inland in the valley so i had a little bit of a commute but you know i it didn't bother me she'd been commuting before so we made this trade we moved down to the beach so she could be next to her job and then i was gonna have to commute to mine right and uh we just moved into this place in january and um i think i had drank myself into an oblivion by may oh wow by may or june i think june actually june 3rd was the day that she left me and um I just, I don't think anybody could have dealt with me back then. I give her props for sticking around as long as she did, but I was so uh, bad off as far as not caring, you know, and uh, after losing my papa and, you know, losing my shows and my music, and we used to drink a lot when we'd go play because a lot of the time we would get paid in, in, in beer and, and liquor. Right. And so I'd make sure that I got our work's worth and I drank all of it, you know, and that was, that was, I did that almost every night. And so, you know, she got tired of me being drunk and me running around, you know, playing shows and all the girls that would be there and, you know, they want to talk to you. And, you know, she got kind of over it and I don't blame her because I can't say that I was the best human being to be around. But um, like I said, when the shows disappeared, that carried on into my, my home life, you know, where I started habitually 
you know, getting drunk at home and stuff. And, you know, I never did anything crazy or whatever. I'd just get drunk and fall asleep on the couch. But right. uh, my, I come from a long line of, of drinkers, you know, and um, that was something that I never caught on to. But, I mean, when I go work with my uncle, man, we get off work and after we'd leave Papa, we'd go back to my uncle's house and we'd put him down, you know, and that was just, that was just what we did every night because we'd bust, bust our ass all day in the sun and sweat. And you're, you know, you're shooting nails through your hand, getting splinters, getting bit, you're sweating, you know, you're soaking wet, you got sawdust down your back and all this stuff. And I mean, dude, we'd get home and I'd be like, give me a cold beer, you know? And right. Yeah. I'm still that way. You know, after I worked for a really long time, I still want, you know, I'm like, give me an ice cold beer and I'm just going to relax. But um, back then me and him, we used to see who could drink more. And that was just, we were always, you know, having at it. And so that was also something that I kind of just, I never kept track of it. I never realized I was bothering anybody, you know, because I was never really, I never thought I was doing anything wrong. Right. But to her, it was, uh, growing this wedge between us, you know, and I was dealing with the loss of my grandfather, you know, the, the halt to my music career and, and working blue collar every day. And kind of struggling with my identity, I guess, and, and who I was going to be. And we always argued about music because I put everything I could into that that band, into playing and writing songs. And she said, when are you going to, you know, because we've been together for so long, living in a small place, paycheck to paycheck, can hardly pay rent and get groceries, uh, you know. And she asked me one day at this point, you know, I'm 23 years old, she's 25. She goes, when are you going to? And, I, and she'd never tell me to quit, but she said, when are you going to start trying to be successful, like with your job? When are you going to try to like take a career seriously? So like we can buy a house and we can get married and have kids. Like we've been together for almost 10 years and we're nowhere near that. And I told her, I said, well, when, when I turn 25, I said in two years, if nothing happens and I'll give it all up, you know? And, um, eventually she she left and like i said on on june 3rd of 2020 and um and i i after she left as you could imagine it only got worse oh yeah i imagine uh, yeah now you know i lost one of my best friends my papa and my mentor and somebody who i highly look up to and then i just pushed off the love of my life you know because of of the way i was dealing with my problems and um yeah, I remember having to move back home and I hadn't lived back home since I don't remember when and going back and having to sleep in the bed that I slept in when I was a little kid, you know, was 20 at, at 23, you know, turning 24 years old. That didn't feel very good. I felt kind of defeated. Right. And, uh, I went home and and I did good for a while. I, I stopped drinking and I started, uh, you know, because back, like I said, I was in a hole. I was just, you know, drinking a lot. And um but I don't think it was ever like it for me, it wasn't ever like alcoholism. I just had all these demons inside of me that I didn't want to confront and deal with. I was too, too much of a coward to acknowledge anything going on. And I just would drink or, you know, do whatever I could to make those feelings go away. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was never about that. Like need, Oh man, I just got to get drunk. But it was just about, you know, I didn't want to confront my inner problems. So I got home and I moved back home and I did really good. I did that, that glow up thing that they say when you break up with someone, you glow up right? Yeah, lose all the way and you get in good shape and you're looking good, feeling good. And I was doing really good, you know, and, um, and for a few months there, you know, everything was looking, looking pretty good. And I was at home and family life was decent. I was still struggling with being alone though. 
And right. I, uh, I got an offer to open up for uh, this brewery that we're having a soft opening because they got a license that allowed people to come and sit outside and drink beer. Oh, okay. And we, uh, we got together, me and my band, and I said, hey, let's go you know, play this show. And so we got down there and we went and we played. Well, I got so drunk that I don't remember any of it and partied like, you know, way too hard. And at some point, you know, I really don't recall too much of this night, but at some point, um, I think at that, that day I was particularly dealing with a lot on my mind. I, I don't know if I'd spoken with my ex or what was going on, but I remember that day I was going through it. So when I got there to that show, I put it on and I started, you know, getting, getting lit up. And um, by the time we played the show, I don't even remember what it sounded like or if I did a good job or not, but then wow. I ended up uh, slipping away from everybody somehow and had the keys to my truck and jumped in my pickup truck and decided I was going to try to shuffle on home, you know, and I was done for the night. So I thought I got far, but I only got about four miles away from that venue. Uh, before I flipped the truck, totaled it, almost killed myself. Very lucky I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't, you know, um, just a real, real bad time to be me, you know. So um, that was kind of what really took a spin for me. You know, I was in the worst place possible. I'd lost my papa, lost my girlfriend, lost my truck, lost my license, got arrested, you know, living back home with mom and dad, uh, you know, so many different things what really messed me up was my dog. My ex had my dog. She still does. And uh, that's what really tore me up was the fact that I didn't get to see my dog every day. I love that dog and still do. But you know, that's that, that really bothered me for a long time. I found him, I rescued him and that ate up at me a lot, you know, and all these things that I loved and cared about were gone. And, um, and that's when I started singing country songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think 23 came out of that, but it could have been a much different country song. I lost my job. I lost my truck. I lost my girl. I lost my dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Everybody, and that's when I started singing country music after all that happened to me. But what, what it was too, was I was listening to country music at that point after that car wreck and, um, I was so ashamed of myself and so embarrassed, you know, I never wanted to be that person like ever and see what I put my family through broke my heart, like in, in completion, I was just emotionally devastated and, uh, embarrassed, you know, and ashamed of myself. And, and I think that after watching how much I put my family through, it kind of came to a recognition, you know, and I said, well, you need to pump the brakes on drinking, obviously, you know, can't be drinking that much. And, uh, it, it hasn't been something that, uh, that's eaten up at me. Like I, like I said, I still love to have a beer. I just, you know, I don't, I don't ever, uh, go out and get lit up like I used to, but, um, I, it, it was something that was hard for me to really kind of accept and deal with was that I made this horrible mess and now I had to clean it up, you know? Right. And I think that that year of 20, 2020 for me, um, by the time I did that audition, I think that I had no confidence, no self-assurance of who I was or what I was doing. All I know is what I felt and the songs that I wanted to sing. And um, I think that maybe came through on my audition. And that's why the judges were able to, you know, like me and give me the golden ticket because I was singing about something that was real. And that song told my story at the time, you know, right. so I 
I got to share that with everybody. And um, yeah, I was heartbroken, you know, and in a hard, in a hard, hard place um, between a rock and a hard place, I'd, I'd say, but um, because of my family, I was able to make the best out of that situation. Um, so come towards the end of 2020, um, you know, after this rough year, um, I got the golden ticket. I got through Hollywood week and I was going back in February for the live shows. And so um, I remember my mom told me just, she said, sometimes God takes it all the way just to give you, you know, what you need in exchange. And um, at the time, if you would have asked me, I would have just been like, I don't understand why any of this is happening to me. And I'm so upset. And I was, like I said, embarrassed and ashamed of myself, but, um, but it turned into this and what I'm doing now. And it, it taught me this big lesson in life about, trusting a plan that may not be your plan. Maybe it's God's plan. Maybe it's your parents' plan, but trusting in something and believing in it and, and letting that take care of everything and kind of letting go of all of the, the care and the worries that you have about things. Cause I always try to react to things and, and try to micromanage all these little things in my life. And when I do that, nothing goes right. right. But whenever I just let go and let things go the way that they're supposed to go. And I trust that things are going to go the way that they're supposed to go my life completely changed. And, um, I got, you know, to build back relationships with people that I hurt. And, you know, um, it's been a blessing just to get to do this whole thing. And, uh, that 2020 for me was a, a hard, hard lesson. And then 2021 was, uh, kind of the result of that lesson. I'd say. Right. And where you are today, I mean, of course, being able to share your music is a great way to lift the soul and lighten the soul. But how much work have you done personally in the fact that this career, it's a career that could be gone tomorrow. This is not a guarantee. And so have you done work personally that if this was to go away tomorrow, you would still be okay? <laughs> um, well, I don't care about, and I know it sounds superficial, but I don't, or whatever, I don't even know what the word is, but I really don't care about money. I don't care about fancy things and cars and houses and clothes or anything like that. I care about music and I care about the people who listen to it. You know, and if, if all this were to disappear, um, I would still find, find out how to put music out to whoever wants to listen to it. Because I, I truly believe from what I've experienced that I don't think that there's anything else that I, I should be doing <laughs> in the world other than writing songs and singing them. Um, I'm just not good at anything else. And I'm not saying that I'm good at what I do, but I'm, I'm saying it's the only thing that I can squeak by at. So um, I, I do recognize that, that whatever gift or talent God's given me through songwriting, um, I believe that my purpose is to put that out and to share it with people. You know, I don't think that I'm supposed to be uh, working a forklift or building houses or anything like that. I think that's what my papa was supposed to do, but that's not what I'm supposed to do. And I knew that whenever I was working. You know, I said, man, this is hard. I don't think I can do this for another 40 years, <laughs> you know, but um, I recognize that this is what I'm, what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. And I believe that the way that my life played out, the way I saw it happen, you know, and how, how God completely wiped away one path for me and set me on a new one, you know, the one that I was supposed to be on. I truly believe that. And I truly believe that, uh, that if, that if I wasn't supposed to do music, then that wouldn't have happened. You know, but I think that this is what I'm supposed to do. So I, I try not to think like that, I guess. I think that if, if this all goes away, because at the end of the day, all, all of this is just a big 
circus, you know, uh, rodeo that is focused around music, you know, and nobody could take, take music away from me. So that's something that I, I love about what I do. Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Chase for stopping by and sharing just a little bit of his story. We're hopefully going to have him back on later in the year to share the rest of the story beginning at American Idol and leading into his debut EP, Doing It Right. Be sure to check out that EP wherever you stream your music and please also be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can, of course, also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow there as well. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Music